Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray, and I am one of your regular hosts. I am joined by my other two regular hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Derek. Yo. How are you guys? Good. Doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah, doing Well, that's wonderful. Doing just fine. Yeah? Yeah. So tell me, how's life? That's good. So, okay, you know, Ryan. I mean, you guys are getting married part of a, a tree fall. Really yeah, a th- that's the positive thing. I'm oh, just stressed Derek, out. Well, well, let's go back. Derek wanted to talk about the tree falling because that's yes. clearly the more important uh, discussion. It's topic. not the more important thing. It's the, the thing that thing happened the most recently, since the other thing is in the future. At least you didn't have your prostate check this week. I mean, yeah. did you? There's still no, time. No, I mean it wasn't like There's still that. Time, Rachel. Don't shoot that down. I know yeah, this week isn't over. Plenty of time. Who knows what Wednesday or even Thursday will bring? That's right. Or prostate exams. I mean, I'm just saying, if you get a prostate exam in a week, it's probably the worst thing that happened to you that week, or the best, depending on what you're into. I mean, I mean, if you like it, but I nobody likes a doctor fondling them. Like, I'm not going to say that. There's probably uh, a whole all right fetish well, for that. Do either of you like it? I'm it's not willing to reveal happened, my private so. life on this podcast, so <laughs> I, I'm going to refrain from answering. All right. Fair enough, guys. Let's move on. So it's called abstaining. Tonight, we're discussing the man who killed Hitler, then Bigfoot. No, no, no. It's the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. And then the Bigfoot. Yeah, that is the official title. Yeah, so okay. It's a real I'm movie. so sorry. Yeah. Well, it's a very specific title, so I just it want to make sure we get it It's very right. specific, and they probably won't listen to the episode, but they have been retweeting our stuff, so I do want to get it right. <laughs> the man who killed Hitler, and then the Bigfoot. Correct. And their handle on Twitter, if you're interested, is just at Hitler Bigfoot. Which is why... That's actually a great <laughs> handle. Like, somebody paid a lot of money for that handle. Um it's it's interesting. But if you are watching us on Twitch right now, that is why the board says at Hitler Bigfoot. Correct. We are not just putting that there for funsies. They're, sponsored, they're sponsoring this podcast. No, they're not. They are retweeting it. Not, <laughs> they did not pay for us to talk about this. Nope. No. And they won't want to by the time this is over. We just wa- wa- we watched it on Hulu. So this was actually Ryan's idea. It Out was. of nowhere, he was like, we should watch this movie. I saw it on Hulu and I was like, Oh my God, Sam Elliott in a movie that's r- this ridiculous name. I feel like we owe the world 
yeah. our time to watch this. I completely agree. And I'm not going to spoil anything yet. No. Well, we'll we have to do get to that. I do have feelings about that time spent, which we will talk about. <laughs> well, we have our news segment. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about news. Uh, very briefly, Emmy nominations were dropped today. You could check those out on the Emmy website. The tip but got, got a nom. It did. Yeah. yeah. I surprised about that one. Some fun ones. Uh, Poe's. didn't get any, right? No. No, Marvel did not. Um, Star Trek got a few for yes. Discovery. Game of Thrones got 32, I think. Good Lord. Game of Thrones got a lot. 32 Emmy nominations for a lot of, eight episodes. A lot of first timers like Alfie Allen, for, who yeah. played Theon, got his first nomination. Uh, Shit's Creek got their first nomination on their last season. So kind of sucks. But HBO got the most nominations. Netflix yes. was second place. Yes. Um, followed by, I think it was NBC, then Amazon Prime, and then CBS were the top five. Yeah, I that I mean, that tracks. So, so you can go check out those. Uh, once the Emmys happen, we may do a little wrap up of the winners. We've done that for previous uh, award shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we won't dedicate a full episode to it, just kind of talk about it. Let's move on. You guys have some DC news to discuss. Yeah, I mean, it's DC, so everything has to be a disaster all the time, right? So, Which disaster do you want to start with? Birds um, of Prey. Yeah, let's start with Birds of Prey. So Birds of Prey has had some early test screenings, and the audiences really like it. So, of course, the Warner Brother executives have a bunch of problems with the film, which means by the time we see it, I guess it will be a dumpster fire. So, so that's problem number one. <laughs> Problem number two, Ryan, do you want to address the black mask rumor? Yeah, there's a rumor that started on Twitter from somebody that was an industry insider saying that black mask is going to be flamboyantly, he specifically said flamboyantly gay in the movie. Couple problems with that. He's first of all played by a very straight man, Ewan McGregor, and we know he's a straight man because he's currently dating Huntress uh, Mary Ooh. Elizabeth Winstead. Who, really? He left his wife of like twenty years to be with her. So yeah, they're together. Um, well, straight guys have played gay guys, and it's not necessarily the best thing. But it, the, I mean, well, it my is a issue thing. is when they play them incredibly flamboyant, it comes off as a caricature. Even though we've all met people with outgoing, crazy personalities, and I'm not saying that a flamboyant person can or can't be gay. I'm just saying it comes off as an insult. Well, so, we haven't seen it yet, so yeah. But I'd say yes in a lot of cases. Unfortunately, right? that's the case. But I'd like, hate to shoot this down right away. Not you know, we all know Ewan Ewan McGregor is a great actor. He's you know, yes. even in crappy movies, he's stood out. And you know, well, and the test audiences like the movie, so that would include his character. I would assume, right? Um, it I'm, does seem weird that a flamboyantly char- gay character would be black masks, like like his. Style is a suit and a black mask. It might be a way to differentiate him from any Joker depictions we may or may not see in the next year or two. So that could be. I mean, at this point, we're we're speculating on very little information. Right. So, so and it might not even be true. Really. Well, right. Let's move on. You guys want to talk the All Black right. Adam disaster? Shazam Gate twenty twenty three, I guess, or. Well, I don't know. This one's going to take place way in the future, but um... I think 2023 is, you know, optimistic. Yeah, that's, that's the year to do it because that's when the MCU takes place now. So. Right. 
Well, I guess Zachary Levi was getting interviewed by somebody, and and he said that uh, Black Adam, who everybody's been looking forward to as the Rock, played by the Rock, uh, will not be in Shazam Two: Electric Boogaloo because he has to get his own solo movie first, which we've kind of heard about that that's the way they're going, and you know, love it or hate it, that's what they're doing. But they want to establish him and give him his own movie before. He crossed paths with Shazam. So we have to wait until Shazam 3 at the earliest. Now, there will probably be a post credit scene or something like that on Shazam 2. I can't imagine um, them not doing that. But, you know, I guess in Shazam yeah. 2, it's going to be a uh, mind-controlling caterpillar. I'm, so exciting. I mean, it's pretty cool. Villain, but. They could do some cool stuff without Black Adam. It's not that it has to be Black Adam. It's that they cast him. Six Before years ago, Shazam was even cast. Before most of the DCU EU yeah. was cast, really. Yeah. So we're really just we've been waiting to see this for him a very and long Momoa time. were cast around the same time, and then everybody else joined. And so it's just <sighs> it's just weird that we have to wait for a third film that may never come, right? Because Shazam two has to be made do well. Black Adam has to be made do well, and, and we know then that they have Warner Brothers <laughs> loves making decisions that are contrary to what people want. So, and I think if we were all in charge, then we'd approach it one of two ways: one, Black Adam would just be the bad guy in Shazam Two; there would be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Or two, if we wanted to play up the, um, I guess, sentient caterpillar. He would be the main guy, and Black Adam would be a threat in the background that would have to be dealt with later. And then we'd get the Black Adam spinoff based on Dwayne Johnson's popularity. So, you know, that's uh, that's how we would handle the, it, most the, likely. The solo film makes no sense. Like, the, the idea that they have to do this is complete and utter nonsense. This is executives at Warner Brothers saying they want to do this, and so that's what will happen. Well, it's how they but, got The Rock to sign on. I guarantee you he said, I want my own movie or I'm not doing it. Because I mean, we have no idea. No, but I mean, you don't bring The Rock in as the villain and, you know, that have kill him off in one movie or whatever you're going to do. He has to have his own movie. That's just the way The Rock operates. Then, he knows his brand. Well, you guys know I love The Rock, and I was excited about this Me casting. Too. But if that's the requirement for some reason, then go with somebody else because we're never going to see it. Absolutely. At, well, at this like, point, like because I, I, we talked about this in our chat that we have with with the state of the DCEU. There are three films that were supposed to be out by the end of next year: Flash, Cyborg, and Green Lantern Corps. We're not going to see any of the three of them by the end of next year. We may not see the three of them ever. So the idea that we're going to see a Black Adam film and a Shazam 3 film with Black Adam in it, like I just don't believe it at this point. What bothers me is that Black Adam is going to get his own film, but we can't get a Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill, who's already proven himself as a great Superman mm -hmm. and is very invested. He named his dog Crypto. He goes to uh, Chiefs ga or Royals games. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's very invested in the character and... Yeah, that's pretty intense to go to Royals games. He lives in England, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> was it a Royals game or was it a Chiefs game? I feel like it was a Royals I game. I think he's gone to both, to be completely has. honest. Probably. Yeah. The relevance is that Kansas City-based teams and Superman yes. being a it's just like farm boy from Kansas. At San Diego Comic-Con this coming weekend, Marvel's going to lay out like most of Phase 4, I imagine. And we're going to sit there and we're going to believe that those movies are going to happen. Yes. And there's because a 90% chance those movies are all it's going to happen. It's because out of their entire laid out plan, only one movie never came to fruition. Everything else got tweaked around. Stories might have gotten changed. Directors might have gotten shuffled. But 
The Inhumans film is the only movie that we didn't get that they had planned out, and it became a TV show two years before it was even supposed to be we a didn't movie. Get Captain America: Serpent Society. <laughs> you know that was a joke. <laughs> God, but see, I think that's an important point though, because at this point, the DCEU has given us at least three films that we haven't seen yet, at a minimum, right? And it's just a disaster. So, well, every time they've laid out their plans, they've drop things because certain things have failed and other things you know that they weren't counting on got a lot of money and they drew a lot of traction so that's that's the issue i mean here's the thing i'm not defending the quality of these movies or anything like that but financially speaking i don't like they've all made upwards of seven eight hundred million dollars just go on to the next one and fix your mistakes Right. This constant canceling of projects and not sure what you're going to do with actors and putting things on hold just annoys everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. So at this point, rather than looking forward to, say, the Flash movie, I just don't believe them when they say that Ezra Miller is still attached to it. Which would you rather have? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. All right. Moving on, guys. So, Sorry, I'm very bitter. No, you're good. At this point, we had the Kingsman trailer drop. You guys, the Kingsman, the Kingsman. God, the I Kings- hate the title. Like, let's just start there. <laughs> I laughed when I first saw it, the title. It didn't feel real. It was like, okay, so that's what this is going to be. All Who, right, who's our cast? Um. So yeah, exactly. That's so, how impressive the cast is. Well, no. So Yikes. here's the thing. I, I saw the first. Off, I haven't gotten to see the trailer yet. Ah. I will say that. That's why I'm asking you guys to talk. About I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the cast real quick. But when they announced this film, it wasn't memorable enough for me to remember. So okay. I mean, I think that's perfectly fair. So the movie is uh, being directed by Matthew Vaughn. I had forgotten that, which but, I do love me some Matthew Vaughn. So yeah, so he is directing crossed. it. Uh, your cast includes people like. <laughs> I love this. I, I'm going to mispronounce this is a thrilling I'm cast. Let me, let let me see. Name. Maybe I know. Yeah, maybe let's, let's let you handle this one. Oh, Gemma Arterton, Matthew Good, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay, I know that one. Yeah. Ray Fiennes, Tom Hollander, Jamon Husso. Oh. Yeah, he, yeah right. he, he's in everything. Yeah, so. he is. Harris, he's contractually required to be in every movie. Harris mind. Dickinson. I, he's the only one I don't know so far. Stanley Tucci, Reese Ifans. Um, oh, yeah, he's Rasputin. Daniel, Which, that's good casting. Yes. Daniel Bruhl, Charles Dance. So yeah, there are some recognizable people here. Most of them, with a few exceptions, you will recognize from other comic book projects, but they're all white milk toast guys. Well, to be fair, the movie takes place in World War One. So. Matthew Good was Ozymandias from yes. uh, Watchmen. Ozymandias. How? Everybody pronounces it differently, like well, even Alan Alan Moore yeah, versus Dave right Givens way. and stuff. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, so easily the most boring character from the movie. Yes. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was the most boring Avenger, <laughs> the only Aww. one to really get killed off. But he was the the most heartfelt kick ass. So really, you have Ray Fiennes, who of course is Voldemort. You have Jamon Hunsau, who Will he have a nose in this movie. I don't know. Okay. No question. Jamon is not I white, so that's don't good. knows. Um, he's great. Stanley Tucci is fantastic actor. Reese Ifans is fantastic. Daniel Bruhl, the most boring uh, MCU villain so far. And Charles <laughs> Dance is from uh, Game of Thrones. He was Tywin Lannister. So we've got some pretty intense kind of baddies in there. 
So here's the problem with this movie. It's super white and super male. <laughs> when they pitched it and like you heard what it was, I was immediately like not particularly interested in it. But when you watch the trailer, other than the ring that they wear that has the symbol for the Kingsmen that movies that we know, I don't know what the hell this has to do with that franchise at all. It just looks like a World War One movie. You know what it should have been? A 1970s movie that follows a de-aged Mark Strong. That's the exact same thing I said. <laughs> that yeah. would have been better. I haven't been I just want to see him learn, the, learn country roads, uh, you know, hear yeah, on the radio for the first time. Get a de-aged Mark Strong. You can even de-age Colin Firth. Please. I don't care. Yeah, I would, to- I I would care. watch the hell out you of that. You can have the two of them start in the 70s, and it can be legitimately a Bond parody like they wanted it, like the first one to be. So... Look, the, the movies just have such a uniqueness to them, the way that they're they're shot, the way the action sequences are, the way music is played into it. And this trailer looks like your generic Christopher Nolan World War One movie. And I'm just like, did but, it have the giant? Bomb. Well, right. It doesn't have it doesn't have the really impressive. No, but it does editing. have the Wonder Woman knee through the door scene in the trailer. Did it? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> like if uh, and the fact that that movie also takes place in World War One, it's like, yeah, it's just on. it's just. Boring. It just looks boring. It doesn't look like Kingsman to me. It doesn't look compelling to me. Like you listen to that whole cast, and the thing is, I watched the trailer. I forgot all of those people were in yeah. the trailer. Rasputin. Rasputin. <laughs> we both are Rasputin fans, just in general, and so yeah, that's the most intriguing part for me for sure. And how much, based on previous Kingsman movies, how much do you want to bet that the Boney M or whatever, whoever the artist is, Rasputin song? That's in Just Dance, and it's in a lot of... Yeah. Uh, how much do you want to bet that that plays during a fight scene at oh, some point? One, I would love that. Two... I would, too. I'm not going to say that I'm a Rasputin fan. He was well, one of the most evil okay. men in history. We find him intriguing. So, yes. That guy is fucking fascinating. Look up how he was murdered. So he was murdered by multiple people, and uh, pretty insane. They shot... They stabbed him. They, they him. castrated him. They uh, drowned him in frozen water, so they didn't know if he was going to die by drowning or hypothermia at first. And he ended up dying of like a small heart attack while he was in the ocean. Like they tried nine to ten different ways to kill this guy. I think they poisoned him too. Also, somebody kept the penis. They taxidermied that thing, and it is somewhere in this world. Somebody is just hanging on to Rasputin's dick right now. That thing's probably worth a lot of money. I mean, I don't want it. the most valuable penis in the world. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, small connection to this, but I was talking about like you know chopping up bodies and stuff. Uh, Hellboy, the Hellboy remake that yeah. we got this year. Yeah. It was on at the gym today, and I just kind of glanced at the TV while I was waiting, and it looks even worse on television by the way like her head's cut off and he's just holding it and she's talking and it just looks with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looks awful. I have no idea why we got... I uh, Mila Yakovich's um, Blood Queen when Baba Yaga was still so good. Like, why isn't she the bad guy? That would have been ten times better. I'm a Mila fan, so I'm not gonna. I like her too. That. that movie's just terrible. Yes, so, it was not a good that, use of her. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway, so moving on. Other Ghostbusters started filming. Ghostbusters 2020. Mm-hmm. They've released. They released like a first day on set picture of the family. That's adorable. That the movie's going to be following. And interestingly enough, it looks like the young girl's wearing Spengler's glasses. Neat. If you look close, they're very, very similar to the glasses that Egon wore in the very first movie. Interesting. Um, there's there were some set photos posted today, but it wasn't anything interesting. It was just like a picture of Finn Wolfhard you wouldn't even know it was the Ghostbusters movie unless so are we gonna have a Ghostbusters gate um I haven't decided yet we'll figure something out but well we could create another t-shirt yeah Derek's gonna make me a t-shirt for whatever it is for sure do you think they're just gonna call it Ghostbusters you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm worried they will. And I then we will have three movies called Ghostbusters. No, because the last one is called Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Answer the call. But that was when added on, on afterwards. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, they're... It's still the, confusing. I mean, if you have three movies that are named different things, that's not confusing. It might be confusing at the theater, but they... I mean, when you go by the DVD, it literally says Answer the Call on there. That's not confusing. Yeah. Okay. You'll just... still have two movies with the exact same title. Okay. So. Well, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know what they'll call it. I'm hoping it's just like Ghostbusters 3 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be fine. That would but, be nice. Um, we'll see, I guess. Keep it simple. Henry Cavill released another picture of him in The Witcher as Geralt, and this time he released a picture of his horse, Roach. It looks really cool. Like it, They're doing it. He said good he was job. riding it to San Diego Comic-Con, I, I think. <laughs> I think that was the implication. <laughs> Well, since he's not on any DC panels this year, he is on the Witcher one. It'd be funny if he crashed it and was like, hey, guys, you want me to Superman? And then the whole crowd just like spontaneously combusts and Warner I Brothers would. is like, no. Anyway, just like that. That's like exactly yeah. what Warner Brothers sounds like. I imagine that's what it sounds um, like in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the last bit of DC stuff, if we're going to even tie into that, is Supergirl got a new costume for this season five. It is incredibly show. divisive and people are very misogynistic. I love it. I didn't recognize her at first. Um, she has bangs now, too. Yeah, it totally threw me off. But the costume looks awesome. I love it. It's a. It, I do like the way it looks. I'll say that it's all one color, basically, yeah. with the belt being the only thing that breaks up the color. I kind of wish that that was different. I miss a little That's bit fair. of the red, too. Like, I wish yeah. the cape had been red, and it's not. It's just very At least it didn't look flat. like it in that photo. I think, I think the cape's still red. It didn't look like it in that photo to my eyes. It wasn't so a great I photo. It was no. an Instagram photo. You couldn't really like zoom in. It wasn't super high res. So it I'm was sure very like shadowed too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the cape is still red. I'm sure they'll fine. have the suit on display yeah. at Comic Con. It wouldn't surprise me. But it looks me. just like the Man of Steel suit. It's, it, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, a it's a it mixture does. of the her current her I guess still current ones since season five hasn't started yet and. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it totally does. That's what they're going for. And with her, like the way they did her suit in in the CW verse, it makes sense. They, 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 her and her sister made the suit, I guess. Remember, like oh, in cool. the first few episodes, yeah, it was they had like oh, the costume trailer. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was. Because they had the little montage. Yeah. And so it, it, fi- it fits in that they would make her a suit, whatever the agency yeah. is she's working for. I can't the remember DEA. what it is. DEA, yeah. Well, she kind of has that like space flight suit also in season four. It's no. not like her full time I only watched suit, like one episode of season four. It was so. pretty cool. It, re- it reminded me of... Uh, you guys watched season four? Parts of it. Wow. Um, but okay. it reminded me of Injustice League when Superman would wear his weird space suit randomly. It looked a lot like that, but blue. So Fair enough. We'll see how it pans out. Most important thing is Melissa Benoist likes it, and she's the one who has to wear it. Well, sure. So that's the most important thing. I just it looks like a super suit. Yeah, know? absolutely. Like, no she looks like she a superhero. Is, so. And I hope it has some red trim or something that you can't really see in that photo because I really think that blue is going to bother me if it's not broken up at all by anything. The boots are cool. Yeah. I mean, the suit is cool. It's a cool design. I just think it needs to be broke. The color needs to be broken up a little bit. I thought I saw some piping on her shoulders and her legs. Yeah. Like, Uh, I'd be okay with that. Well, I just have to wait for a better look. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now, and if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us, and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge and Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. Of course, I am Ray, and I am with Ryan and Derek, and we are discussing the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Nailed it. Nailed it. It's only the fourth time I've had to say it this episode. (laughs) All right, so a little bit about the movie. It just came out this year. It is kind of an indie project. It was released direct to streaming platforms as opposed to... It did go in theaters. Oh, it, it was. Had, it had a limited release in theaters. Okay, well, that's fair. So. I, we never got any notifications. We're pretty close to the ground. So I apologize for that misinformation. Let's see here. Um, I am... Forgetting the director, Derek's looking at the IMDb right now. Uh, main actor, of course, is Sam Elliott. And then his younger version is played by Aiden Turner from... Oh my gosh, this gnat is like in my face. Um, the director is Robert Krizkowski. Yes. Krizkowski. Yeah. All right, this is annoying. It also features uh, Peter from Office Space. Yeah, Ron Livingston. Yeah. His character's name is Flagpin. It is. This is actually the first movie that he has directed, by okay. the way. Um, he's directed a short called Elsie Hooper in 2016, and that's that's pretty much it. Uh, a couple, you know, four producer credits and a couple writing credits, which are just the two movies he directed. So a relatively young career. Yeah. And you get to work with Sam Elliott right out of the gate. So I don't think it's that hard to work with Sam Elliott, to be honest with you. I mean, we could try. I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. I he's never like been on our stuff. so We haven't asked him. Sam Elliott, would you like to be on the show? You have to actually contact him. He doesn't watch this. You don't know that. Although, if the Twitter account is sharing our stuff, maybe they get the message to him. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So it's received some moderate success. It's, it's done pretty well. And... Um, pretty good reviews so you know 5.6 on imdb that's not bad on so, imdb it, uh, it's, i think that's lower than what we normally 
sure review on here. Okay. I would say. To be fair, we all went into this not really knowing. We just kind of decided on a whim mm-hmm. to review it. True. Um, so we basically knew the title. I don't even remember ever watching the trailer. Maybe I, I did not watch the trailer. I don't remember if I did or not. I don't think I did, but well, let's just get, uh, get rid of the spoiler warning here. So that way we can just freely talk about it. I think, cause I don't don't want to ruin it for anyone, but it is available on streaming services. Hulu at a minimum. I know you can rent it on Amazon prime video, for example. Um, so go, go check it out if you are interested. Otherwise let's do it. Let's talk. All right, so I have a sneaking suspicion why its score on IMDb is so low. I get the feeling that because of the key art, because of the title, people had different expectations for this film. I did. I mean, so my big problem is that, yes, the title sets up something that this movie is not at all. And so when you go in expecting something and then it's totally different, and not necessarily in a great way from what you expect. Yeah, that's disappointing. It leaves a sour taste. And I'm trying to review the movie without that, but mm-hmm. it's really tough to get past that because they named it that on, I mean, for an obvious reason. And it reminds me of the Iron Man three kind of bait and switch. Well, at least this was Mandarin. like right from the beginning out of the gate. It was not a, you're right. A flashy movie that, the title does lend itself to being a movie reminiscent of the 70s Grindhouse films. You know, I thought it was going to be a little more action packed and maybe some tongue in cheek parody B-movie along the way. Stuff, yeah. Right. Like elevating the B movie kind of thing. Um, we've seen a lot of that lately. The Dead Don't Die did it, and um, Turbo Kid has done it. Kung Furry. Kung I want to see that Kung movie. Furry. I do not want to see that movie. <laughs> Kung Fury did it with their short. So it's it's a very common trend for, you know, people to do these kind of indie films, cheaper budget on the grindhouse silliness level. So this this was not it, guys. It This yeah. was a character story that the title implies that Hitler and Bigfoot are going to be a big part of the story and I think combined they're probably less than 20 minutes yeah oh yeah I, um, I would probably say less than 10 yeah that they're actually on screen or nearby right um so that yeah they're so I mean, I, I feel agree. like I'm jump- going to no. be jumping around all over the place on this. But so we can like, overall, I agree just, with you guys. Just to completely set your expectations, this story is an artsy indie film seeped in melancholy. Everything about this is just sad. We watch Sam Elliott's character age and he has lived a sad, lonely life. He's not close to his family. You find out at the end that the only woman he's ever loved died very young and he couldn't be with her because of World War II. So it's it's a sad story and it's don't let the title mislead you. If that's the kind of thing you're in for and you're prepared for it, you know exactly what you're getting into. I think the movie is good based on that respect because Sam Elliott does play a very compelling character. Um, I mean, there there are parts of the movie that, that I would agree with you with that. But the beginning, like it is a slow burn. 
in this movie because he lives it's alone. It's not even a burn. Like there's never there, it, the burn doesn't get to anything. Like the burn well, implies that there's like going to be something when the fuse gets to the end, but there's. Not I mean, he really. does have a hand to hand confrontation with Bigfoot for thirty seconds. But, yeah, you know, you're right. I, what I what I mean though is like because he lives alone and he lives with his dog and he doesn't have he, he's you know retired. I'm assuming he has a very quiet life. Right. And so, you know, he's already sad when we meet him at the bar. You do get a flash of his significance in the street fight. Okay. Mm-hmm. The street fight, as a guy that likes choreography, I, I was freaking terrible. It was. Re- and I know that Sam Elliott is an older guy, but you that's ha- the issue. You have to, like, the, the, the people have done it better well, with, with old actors. It's older the actresses. issue that I have with the Taken films, it's the issue that I have with uh, Sam Jackson Sam Jackson in Captain Marvel. It's very obvious that Cut these heavy. men are in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, Sam Elliott's 75. Absolutely. And he's I mean, he's Liam a tough Neeson guy, is old, but... Sam um Samuel L. Jackson is up there too in age and it's very obvious that these men cannot leap or even really exert themselves like they used to be so i mean if you don't make their blows damage heavy if you make their fight choreography quick and fat like you can't do that you cannot it looks unbelievable so i mean overall i mean there's a lot of symbolism in this movie very artsy symbolism right like the rock in his shoe that he finally gets out at the very end of the movie you know and um his you know, shots of like the food that he's eating at night. He's got the microwave dinner. I'm assuming the, the movie's... dinner's even sad, guys. Right, the, the dinner's, dinner's even sad. The movie takes place in the 70s. No, no, taking it's like the early 90s. It's, yeah, it's fairly Those cars current. Are, were all older than that. Yeah, it was. It, could it was be early reminiscent 90s. of the town. Like he was living in a house. I looked that it up afterward. Never... It was like 93 or something. Yeah. Really, the yeah. house had never been updated. I tried really hard to figure out when the movie took place. We were trying to figure out that that out too, but it was yeah. every car in there was like. Before you watch old. it, but I, it was also small town America, yeah. so they probably didn't have you know brand new Lexuses and well, no, Acuras and new, stuff. But, I mean, yeah. not like one 80s Mustang rolling down. <laughs> it's very obvious during world war ii when it takes place clearly but um yeah the the flash war with sam elliott and not aiden turner it i have no idea so being told that it was the 90s makes a lot of sense i believe it was it was a few days ago that i watched it i don't remember from what year it was but i was pretty sure it was either like late 80s early 90s but um, I've been to a few small towns where it doesn't seem like they've aged past a certain decade. Yeah, and I've driven through small towns where the cars are all older. Like, yeah. that's not out of the question, you know. Okay. It's not ideal. It was definitely, but, we were like, this is not modern day. Right. You it, know. it can't be the 70s because if he's in his 20s during World War II, he's not going to be 70 something in the 90s or in the 70s. He kind of would be in the 90s, I guess. I mean, I, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, but the fact that we're arguing or discussing this is is not a good sign, <laughs> no, right? Like it, it clearly not. needs to spell stuff like that out if it's going to be. Yeah, so I mean, like yeah, you know, there's they, they try and do some relationship building, right? He goes to see his brother Ed, um, who you know is the barber in mm-hmm. town, and it's awkward and it's weird. Um, so I actually that was one of the parts of the movie that I liked was his relationship with his brother. Okay. Uh, you know, from personal experience, cute. as you age with your family, like when you're kids, your brother, you know, you probably, uh, at least for me, I spent a lot of time with my brothers. They're like my best friends. But as we've grown older, it's 
I see him like once a month and, you know, maybe they don't know the things happening in my life. And, you know, so I kind of related to that, that, you know, as you, as you age, you maybe are not necessarily as close as you were. So that hit home with me. Mm -hmm. And I did like that relationship. Also the relationship with his dog. I loved that. He always took care of, uh, even in world war two, when he had a dog with him and, uh, you know, he always took care of the dog and it was, they made a point to show that he, uh, you know, had a relationship with this dog. Ray I actually, do, yeah. Are you gonna say it? Yeah, okay. I am. Okay, so uh, because of the title, because I was also expecting this to be different, and because I know movies tend to progress characters with fast tragedies, I did look it up on the website doesthedogdie.com, which is absolutely great. If you have any sort of phobias or curiosities or even small triggers that you know, can be made worse with film. You should check this website out. Neither of the dogs die in this film that not on screen. Like, obviously, it's implied that the 1940s dog is not still alive in the 1990s, but uh, it, nothing on screen. Both the dogs are very good boys. That's right. They <laughs> so, are. Uh, the, that website's great, guys. If you ever worry about something, you should check that out first. Um, I mean, this is a tough one. It's it's hard to really know. So for the for an overall thing about the movie, it felt like it wanted to be an artsy movie, but for me, it never really found its footing. Like it was slow, and the everything was very heavy handed. The writing I did not find good at all. I thought it was very cringy most of the time. Almost time, anytime there was dialogue other than Sam Elliott. I didn't feel like any of them really ca- really like nailed it. The scene that was supposed to be super like pivotal to the movie when he's sitting at the table with the government guys and I going through really his. I really liked that. Did you? I, I didn't did. really like. For I liked some reason, his I monologue. Buy... He was Sam Elliott was great. Like I, I, everything I'm saying is not about him. I still think the dialogue that they gave him was not great, but he, being Sam Elliott was able to, you know, make it sound good. But I think that almost everybody else, the dialogue was not good and felt super forced and is not how people talk. So the scene you're talking about is probably about halfway through the movie, maybe even a little bit before. Uh, A member of the U.S. government and the Canadian government, who uh, he speaks with a French accent, he they approach him to kill Bigfoot. And it's because their take on Bigfoot's very interesting. I actually really like how they spun him. Uh, Bigfoot is a carrier of a plague. It has wiped out animals. It's wiped out some plant life. Um, and it's killed some humans. So real real quick before yeah. you continue, because this, this, I don't want to forget this part. Did it bother you guys at all that everyone just completely accepted the fact that Bigfoot was real without even questioning it? Well, they were keeping it under wraps that the media was calling the death serial killings. Right. I just meant like like Sam Elliott's like, yep, Bigfoot, he's real. I got you. Like no questions asked, no disbelief. Uh, that, yeah, that they, I They think. might as well said it was a mountain lion. Well, all of a sudden, if you find out cryptids are actually real, I think there would be some more follow-up questions, but it would have hurt that scene, I think. I also think that he's just a man that's seen some shit, so it's just, the fact that it wasn't shocking to him is is a character builder. See, but I think because it was Bigfoot, it made that scene really silly for me, because this is a guy who, yeah, he killed Hitler in World War uh World War, sorry, I got confused with Kingsman for a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's the wrong war. And we have to touch um, on that part, too, because that was my favorite part of, I think the entire movie was that little monologue regarding killing Hitler. 
Okay, so let's not forget to go back to that. So so he does that, and that's a, a real person killed with a normal gun in a very like real way, right? So he did that, and he was in the military, and that's all we really get to know. He fist fights some dudes at night, and then all of a sudden, Bigfoot's real. It's totally cool, and it just seemed like a huge leap. Like if it, They could have made it some other kind of creature that is like real, that we know is real. And it would have at least made that scene more believable. But that's the to- whole thing about this movie, the whole tone of it. They couldn't decide whether they wanted this to be a B movie or if they wanted this to be, um, you know, a Sundance movie, a Sundance, or if they wanted this to be, you know, like an artsy indie film. It just there were so many mixed tones in the movie, and it you every anytime you thought you had a grasp on what the movie was, it was it went in a different direction, and you know, like just think about it for a minute. If they had made it a bear. Right. And I'm, I don't know a whole lot about Canada, whatever kind of bear that they would have up there. Right? False brown bear. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, right. But like, OK, fine. Sam Elliott doesn't need to question that because we all but he know. But couldn't have gotten into a fist fight with a, with a bear. I mean. And also yeah, one couldn't have vomited straight into his mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that we'll was get to thing, that. Guys. We'll get to yeah. that. That was a thing. So guys. anyway, so continue with that scene. All right. So I'm actually going to go back. So we see Aiden Turner and his young version of Calvin Barr, Sam Elliott's character, kill Hitler in a very unique way. He makeshifts a gun. I loved that. Yeah, that was cool. out of a pen and a flask. And like the flask is the silencer. The pen is the barrel. And I didn't know what was the. It looked like a belt buckle kind mm-hmm. of, but he put it on the table. Um, when he was going through like the check-in, so he put almost everything on the table. Yeah, but so. it may not have been a belt buckle then, so I'm not entirely sure what it was. But he's doing this under his coat all while he's walking down the hallway, and of course, uh, SS soldiers are watching him, and it's it's an incredibly tense scene. The false shoe feel mm-hmm. was cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that whole thing was really well done. He gets into the office, he meets Hitler, and he hands him a an envelope with. The advertisement that said, um, the Uncle uh, Sam. yeah, the Uncle Sam, I want you for the American army. And that's when Hitler gets like really confused and concerned and he shoots him twice, one in the chest and double tap one in the head. <laughs> you should always double tap guys, especially um, for killing Hitler. That the hallway, the hallway scene is really cool. It's shot well. The te- the tempo is good. I like that he fumbles with it a, a little bit, right? And he almost gets caught by that woman coming down the hall. Like I, I appreciate the human moment. And you that. find out why later on. Like he tells you during that scene. What do you mean? That why he was fumbling? Why he was nervous and everything? Yeah. He just had never killed somebody before, you right? Mean? Yeah, like yeah. he's killed two things in his whole life, right. and it's because people have sought him out and asked him to do this. This so you talked about like that it was a really well done shot and everything, and I, and I want to say that the cinematography in this movie was really actually good. Like it was mm-hmm. whoever was the cinematographer for this did a great job, and the I mean the director clearly has a good visual mind. While I don't necessarily agree with that. Of his method of story storytelling, but um, between the two of them, it, it the whole movie was shot very well. There's I didn't have any issues. shots, yeah. Like Sam and there's Elliott. some that are a little cheesy, but well, you know, but like going with like the melancholy Sundance film thing, like when he's sitting by himself at his you know his kitchen table and the dogs laying underneath while he's eating his breakfast and with the sausages and stuff. Like and he gives his just, dog one, yeah, yeah. It was just shot nicely, mm-hmm. right? So like these guys know what they're doing. But in stark the in stark contrast, the scene when he like shows up to the burning. 
Inferno in the in in Canada, and it's like a shot with him from behind, and it's like black with like Ring of Fire in front. Of it. It's like what what movie are we watching right now? How did he get through that? They didn't explain no. how he got through the fire barrier. I was about to say that, yeah, because they don't, they and don't. Like it, you see him, and then the next shot is he's him like five feet away it. from Bigfoot, yeah. yeah. No, but that shot is part of the problem with the movie because it's it's almost what's used in the key art for the film, mm-hmm. and it makes it look like Apocalypse Now, but with Bigfoot. So it's got to be like ridiculous, right? And so that's what I think most people probably thought the movie was. And and even on IMDb, the movie doesn't really it doesn't really say anything. It just says a legendary American war veteran is recruited to hunt a mythical creature. That's the movie. Yeah, if you just go by that, it sounds like a completely different film than what we watched, right? Okay, so I'm going to get back to the monologue that I like. So he's being approached by these two, uh, I guess they are military ambassadors on behalf of these two countries. And Ron Livingston's character, Flagpin, says that his father told him stories of the man who killed Hitler. Now, they never even say Hitler's name at this time, but Sam Elliott goes on this wonderful kind of tirade almost about how it did absolutely nothing how they had stand-ins and actors ready to replace hitler because the idea of the genocide of the holocaust was already much bigger than one man himself so um when they finally when when d-day happened when hitler you know committed suicide it was actually the fourth person and he describes him as both a coward and a womanizer, but a coward first and foremost, and he shot himself. So that he, you could tell just in that, that he was regretting actually doing it in the first place, that he didn't want to do it, and that it meant nothing. So he has the burden of murdering someone on his chest without the effect that it actually helped. So, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. Another that's way how to I look did. at it is you got to shoot Hitler in the head. So, I mean, you know. I I have a feeling it's a little different for you than it was him. I mean, maybe, but still, it just it felt a little like I appreciated what he was trying to say, right? Because there's some truth to that. That you know, that it became the I, the concept became bigger than the the original person who came up with it. I, I do appreciate that concept, but and I mean it's still true. There's still Nazis. Yeah. Out, the Nazi Party still exists, mm-hmm. you know, and there's Nazis in America and Nazis across the world. And you it just know, Hitler is not. It just seemed like a weird thing to be in your seventies and regretting that action you took while in the military to kill Hitler decades later. It just it was just a little like has he has he spent the last like. 50 years like that okay so you remember the part where he comes home and he finds all the letters that maxine had sent him and he throws them all away and then you just see him crying in his bed i maintain that's exactly what he's done for the last 50 years okay that just seems crazy like how did he keep a job or keep his relationship with his but well i mean he didn't have enough money to survive for 50 years by just being well i would hope that he made a deal like, you risk your life. He traveled all across uh, Russia. Tracked him for months. Tracked sure, Hitler but I mean, for you, months. If he was a if he was a soldier, like you have, orders. he was a specialist. Right. Like, he wasn't just a soldier. He's a tracker. But I don't yeah. think they gave him like ten million dollars, you know, or something like that. No, but maybe he made some investments with it or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's, like again, that's they don't explain what he's done for the last fifty years. They kind of just jump 
that's all. from the 40s to the 90s. That, that's um, part of my problem with that, though. You know, is like this has just been his issue for his entire adult life. Well, it's just part of the heavy-handed thing I was bringing up with yeah. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you would get the scene in the gas station where he finds somebody's lottery ticket, oh, and geez. in every line in it is about throwing something old away, and it's meant to be a double meaning with him being old and like mm-hmm. feeling like he's getting thrown away, and it's like. That's not how people talk, you no. know. This is this dialogue is so unbelievably like heavy-handed. So, yeah, and it was also supposed to show that he's a nice guy, sure, right? But also, I also felt that aspect was very heavy-handed. But you too. can do that without. Well, I mean, just him treating his dog well is yeah. enough for most people to go. He's a nice guy because you know bad people don't often treat their dogs well. It's yeah. you know it's a good sign. Yeah. So uh, we should probably talk about. Both Bigfoot and Maxine, because out of nowhere, Maxine was probably the second or third largest part of the movie. Sure. Sure. Maxine. And the box. We'll have to talk about the box, too. The MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like really a MacGuffin because the whole plot doesn't center around it. It kind of does. Okay. So Maxine. Yeah. So she's nice. She's friendly. She's a teacher. And then she dies. Allegedly, we don't really know. Wow. I mean, I, I know she dies, but like we don't know what, for sure what happened. They didn't explain what happened. She got sick and she died. You know, I'm the way I kind of. Well, he was away, right? That's like, the yeah. thing. Like when he gets back and sees the letters, I think he throws them away because she's already dead. I thought originally that that was what was in the box was the letters, but then he threw them away, and I was like, all right, well, I guess that's not what it is. I'm assuming what's in there is the ring he was going. It is, her. but that's an awful big box for a ring, and well, could be some other mementos of yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. It's not his war medals because he doesn't want those. He doesn't want his uniform. He keeps those kind of out of his sight. That's the thing. They go really out of their way to show you what it's not. Yeah. yeah. Right. And all that's left is the ring, and maybe they had like tickets to a movie or like things like little things like that. Yeah. You know. So he falls in love with this beautiful woman in the 40s, and she is. She's just. A wonderful, nice person. And they go a little bit overboard to show how flawless she is. They are at a restaurant. He's going to propose because he leaves for um, the war in like a week or two at that point. And she has a couple who are parents of her kids stop by and tell her how wonderful she is and how beautiful she is. And really, they make her out to be this perfect human being. And that's that's fine that's great but they also use her as like the tragedy turning point in his life to never be motivated again she's the tool for his character basically Mm -hmm. she's that's the purpose she serves yeah yeah and then they kill her off screen (laughs) well it should be called hitler bigfoot and maxine and then it's like all three things that have tragically affected this man and that's it that's all his character is he's no more so all right so we have bigfoot so he turns the guys down, but he changes his mind after a talk with his brother and he goes to kill Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And his brother also just accepts that Bigfoot's real. That made it even worse. Like, OK, because like, right. Like, let's talk about that for a minute, because if Sam Elliott, well, he's seen some shit. Right. So he accepts it. His brother's a barber, man. Why yeah. does he just accept Who's that? at least like 15 years younger because he was a small child when his brother went off to war. At yeah. least. I mean, he's Fifth. played by Larry Miller. Larry Miller is nine years younger in real life. That's so fair. if you know, Maybe. I just I just took it as his brother has told him the things you know, know that happened, and so you know he's well, just being supportive of his brother. And well, his brother does say the line about like 
liars always lie and yeah. people who tell the truth always tell the truth which is total nonsense it like people are not 100 percent like i like, i wasn't yeah, really paying attention absolutes type deal well i mean I there wasn't, isn't a single person on the planet who only does one or the other no i wasn't really like focused on how bad the dialogue is recalling things now i can totally see it but that moment it was really taken out of the the entire scene and i was like Damn, man, shut your mouth. <laughs> he also added, fancy man will always be fancy. Yeah. And I'm like, where did that come from? It was weird, which is a shame because I, I I like him as an actor. Like, you know, we grew up with him in a lot of things. And it was nice to see him again. It's been a long time. I can really only name 10 things I hate about you. Fair I can't enough. really recall too much else, to be honest. It doesn't matter. I just, it was nice to see him in something and then to have... First off, his part be fairly small, and when he does have a significant scene, have it just be such nonsense that they wrote for him it was disappointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he goes, and he goes to this ridiculous facility where E.T. probably is, and he gets to pick his weapons, and there's a room, is the kick-ass room, uh, you know, yeah. of, of weapons, and he picks a rifle from World a War II. A bolt-action rifle, yeah. <laughs> from World War II, and a, a knife. Yeah. Um, he picked a rope too oh i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry but like it just like, I, I get it he still exists back in world war ii like that's the whole point right is that he, his life stopped when he killed hitler right is that the idea but this guy like turned in a bunch of favors to get all this weaponry flown in and he could have really just gone to like the gun store on the corner and they have mausers and uh you know other bolt action rifles there that are not really he could have gone to walmart and gotten one like they yeah. You know, it's, it's not anything oldest, special at all. It's the oldest rifle he could find. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's what he's got. Fine. He puts a scope on it. Um, so, yeah, he gets to go and he's hunting Bigfoot. We don't even know how long any of this No, takes. because at, basically right after that, you get the scene where he's standing in front of the fire and then he's instantly like mm-hmm. be- tracked Bigfoot and is now. And he, he shoots. He sees him. He shoots. Yeah. He shoots him, shoots him in, in the, the head. head. Yeah. We don't even get to see like any of his tracking abilities. Like no. why they picked him. We don't get to see any of that. And they don't give us a real timetable. They just say that, like, you're the last resort, right? Well, is that one day? Is it 72 hours? Is it a week? Like, what are we talking about? And it's it, a 50 square mile area, they said. So he, we're meant to believe that he went lot. and <laughs> tracked this Bigfoot in 50 square miles Over on foot. Of time? Yeah, exactly. With so, just a backpack and, like, I his don't know, wits. His wits, right. But we don't get to see any I know. of it. That would have been the opportunity. Like one of the coolest. It's everything parts... we've asked for for Batman. We just want to see the detective already. Well, it's like one of the coolest parts of the, the original Predator movie is watching Arnold set all the traps at the end for the big showdown fight. You know, because you get to see like why is he really the one to survive? But that's not the what end, the movie is know? about. No. I know, but like Sam Elliott was picked for similar reasons, right? He's this badass military right. mastermind, and, and they could have set it up. He could have walked into Larry Miller's barber shop, and Larry Miller could have been like. Calvin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and it would have been amazing. They grab each other's hands. Yeah. And start, <laughs> they you know, show sweating. their weak Look, old that's not, I, that's not what I mean. But like, we don't. But get... sweating. They're both sweating still. Shiny. The, the only tracking that they show is after he's already shot Bigfoot. We see a footprint, which is not that big, it turns out. By the way. And uh, some feces. Find out he's a vegetarian. Yeah. Those both happen after he's already tracked him in this wilderness. Yeah. And is following him at this point. Right. So that was just disappointing. I would have liked to have seen like the skills. So you want to talk about how disappointing Bigfoot is? (laughs) 
So I've watched a lot of monster movies. I love classic monster movies. I've watched. I old, love cryptids old and Godzillas and, yeah. and man, Creature from the Black Lagoon is one of my favorites. Why did this? Why was this so bad? <laughs> so this was play like Bigfoot was played by apparently like a five foot seven gymnast in a fursuit and a really bad spirit Halloween mask. Like, well, so his name is uh, Mark Steger, and he's actually – he does a lot of horror-type stuff. He's actually played that, a critter. He was an alien in the original Men in Black. That makes sense. He's a creature actor of sorts. Um, and I'm not saying he did anything wrong. No, it was the design. It yeah. was absolutely the production design. Like, I don't need you to play into my already expectations of Bigfoot. I get that. I need you to do a bit better. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he was better in Harry time, and Henderson. If you guys are going to be watching this, the people that have been tweeting out, tweeting at us or retweeting us, contact me. I have a business. I'll do this stuff for you, and I'll do it really cheap. If it, props. If it means it's going to be better than what you did, we would have done a better job. So the face was pretty horrifying, and that's it because was, there wasn't. You don't a ever face. really see it. Like you don't. There's a couple of shots. Yeah, but it's like even then it's for very like less than two seconds probably. I mean, I think the vomit scene was the (sighs) the longest you got to see that. That was just unnecessary. It was so out of place and disgusting. Like, what's even the point of that? That's like one of those tone things again. Is it trying to be a B movie or is it trying to mislead you? Because right after he vomits on him. You see the funeral scene. You say on him. It vomited into his open I mouth. I I covered my How face. did Sam I, Elliott agree with this? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're friends. He had to be picking know, chunks something. out of his mustache for weeks. I mean, I, pro- I don't Who knows what it was made out of? But, I mean, you're right. I'm with you 100%. That, seems, that, that, that moment seemed completely out of place, completely just unnecessary across the board and just <laughs> I mean, the only cool thing about Bigfoot is that for some reason, just his existence causes this plague. So, I mean, we all know that disease is spread through either body contact or contact with fluids or waste. So, you know, they already said that um, he his character was immune to. Yeah, which I also found very convenient that yeah. this one tracker in the world that could do this is they is just the guy happen that's to have immune. his but blood. The, the movie answered and it for you, though. See, here's the, they, they did the one thing that they probably thought audiences have always been asking for, right? Which is, well, that was really convenient. Like, why is he the only one? And they went and actually explained it, which almost made it worse. Because they're like, well, there were four people to choose from. And like two are, no, was it, there's five. Two are dead. Two are already dead and two are like 13 or something yeah. like that, right? So I was like, man, you guys, you thought for a moment, this is a complaint that most people have and you're going to fix that. And it made Did it. Did it really fix it? No, though? it made it worse. Yeah, That's what exactly. I'm saying. It made it worse. So careful what you wish for, I guess, as an audience <laughs> member. But The fight between him and Bigfoot, again, was really like super cut heavy. The, the only cool part was when Bigfoot like, broke his arm or whatever that yeah. uh, destroyed that it intense, or whatever man. that was cool um but the faking it was dead thing was interesting i'm not really sure i like, thought it was completely out of place by this time it's you know an hour maybe an hour 10 into the movie where we're in the last act and i i understand what the movie is at this point faking the death and having a jump scare at this point <laughs> Was like too little, too late. Like I wanted Hitler to do that back at minute thirty. Like Hitler should have jumped out and been like, "Just get him, man. Fuck you." There's some other like logistical problems here. So he throws his walkie-talkie in the river, 
That was dumb. Right. Now, again, we're supposed to be on a fairly tight time frame. That's why he throws it in the river, because they're telling him we're on a really tight time frame. So how does he get out of there? He walks the same way he tracks Bigfoot through the fire again without being able to contact anybody before they drop bombs. Yeah. Okay. Just just want to make sure we're on the same page. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Their deterrent. They were going to nuke the middle of Canada. The U.S. was not Canada. The U.S. was going Which to is bomb about right. Canada. That's well, they saying. they imply that Canada doesn't have any nukes. Like that's totally what they said too. Which, uh, which I mean, I don't know. It's still silly. It's still silly. Like first of all, the, it's, it's such Canada's a, a first thing. world country. Of course, they have a couple nuclear. Like, of, of course, they do. They may never use them. They may expire and bleed out like extinguishers later on but you need nukes to kill one bigfoot i don't know i don't know look i don't know that's not the point the the point is more of just he then has to walk all the way back he's now got a broken finger and a broken arm and his ear chopped off okay so when that fight happened and we were watching that we saw the random piece of meat fly off but i had no idea what the piece of meat was it was not clear yeah and then when you see it you see him like with the bandage over his ear and so then you go okay it was his ear but yeah. you would you would have thought they would have made it a point to show that he got his ear chopped off like they, that was part of the they only so that show... was really obvious to me i saw it was it yeah so maybe you blinked at like the right wrong moment or something well like then that. that's a problem because but if i could I blink and miss yeah. that then that's a it just brought me back to the mike tyson evander holyfield fight like that's what it, they, it looks like they my watched dad that was scene watching and, that and night it's the only pay-per-view my father ever paid for and he was furious because the fight was like six minutes <laughs> so, um, but it just it looked like they watched that fight and they're like we're just gonna do that and did I, he bite it off yeah. is that what it was mm-hmm. okay gross yeah it was disgusting so yeah so he's he's missing an ear his arm is broken a finger on the same arm is broken and he's now got to walk back however and he's far. covered in vomit and he's cut co- yeah co- covered it's in, in his vomit mustache and blood and i mean whatever he's probably low on ammo at this point and he, he can't hunt anything everything's dead so i don't know what kind of food he has and he has to get out before they bomb everything which also is ridiculous so why did they fake his death maybe he just wanted to be done with it but to at, who i don't know <laughs> i have no idea it it is completely pointless. First of all, he's not friends with anybody. There's no neighbors right. or people coming over to his house. He's he wasn't doing it to give up his home because he it goes straight that he went there to every night. There okay, they just traded insults to each other, right? But it's impl- but sometimes friendships are like that, and I mean, this, I know you know he did impl- it was kind of implied that that he goes there very often. So I guess that's probably the only person outside of his brother that's true that cared about him. So like, what's the point? Who is he faking the death for? Well, yeah, he's keeping the house and he's keeping the dog. So his obligations, his real world obligations, are still there. And then he goes back, digs up. What that was, was buried. <laughs> so, well, how, okay, so the time frame complete, here is all jacked up too. Like within twenty seconds, a complete retcon of his death. So he quote dies. Now the only person he people he'd want to be hiding from is the military. So he'd have to really fake his death, in which case he'd lose the house. Yes, right, and the car, right. But unless he left it to his brother, and his brother just, I guess maybe. But I don't know how much time passes here because when he goes back to dig up the box. It's all grass on top of the the grave. Like it, it it looks like it's been there for ages. Yeah, 
That wasn't well done. So I don't know how much time was supposed to pass because he was still wearing the sling like 20 minutes earlier. And the bandage on his ear. On his ear, ear, yeah. Yeah. So this has to be within like the week. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know how many people, you know. Maybe they laid sod. They laid sod. (laughs) God. (laughs) Fix it. You're welcome, director. Uh, Solve that problem for you. uh, Okay, so we're kind of at the end of reviewing this movie. Before we give out letter grades, talk about something you enjoyed. Um, (laughs) my favorite part of the movie was you can't say the credit. No, no, no. It was it was like the actual like the parts in World War II at the Nazi location where Hitler was when yeah. he was going through the um like the security sweep so to speak and like the bombs are hitting nearby and the building shaking and he has to go upstairs and he's putting the gun together and all that was all really well done and feels like it belongs in a completely different movie. Mhm. Right. I mean, I'd say Sam Elliott is the most positive part for me. He's, you know, he did his best with the movie and he bought into it. And um, on the dramatic scenes, even if they felt out of place, he did pull it off and he believed that he was hurting. And, you know, regardless of what the rest of the movie uh, was, he was good and did did really, uh, you know, what you expect from Sam Elliott. Mm -hmm. Can I change mine? No. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's when he finally got the rock out of his shoe. Oh, all right. Derek loves heavy-handed symbolism. Derek's fired, guys. I Derek's look, fired. In the beginning of the movie, when he's walking to his car and he does the weird thing with his foot, I'm like, well, that's going to come up later. And it comes up like four times. At one point, we pause the movie and Derek's like, you know, I really hate when something's in my shoe and you just can't get it. <laughs> like, okay, baby. I still didn't know what the movie was going to be yet, so I was trying to have fun with it. Uh, speaking of that, so you mentioned the scene at the very beginning where we like open parts of the World War II I laughed so hard at the guy sitting at the desk. So this whole time, he's <laughs> something is going on on like the second or third floor that's making the ceiling shake and drop dust. It's the bombs. It's the bombs. Oh, it's the bombs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like planes taking off and stuff. That, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, that wasn't explicitly clear, but I get it. Okay. So the dust keeps falling in this guy's drink. He pours it out and he pours a new one. And then he keeps his hand covering it the whole time. It is his right hand. Aiden Turner, Calvin Barr, his character comes in, shows all whatever he has on him and shows the paperwork that he has to go meet Hitler in person. And then they exit and they salute with the Heil Hitler uh, Nazi salute. And he lifts his hand off the drink and dust falls into the drink. And I laughed so hard at that. The the attention to detail for some things in this movie was very good. (laughs) It's pretty great. Uh, That's not the only moment like that. But since for a lot of the problems that Derek's talked about, you know, the, it was so bad. It's like the obvious things, the attention mm-hmm. to detail was not good. But then like the really small, subtle things, the attention to detail was very good. It there- was a tone problem. Yeah. Right. The details there, they knew what they were writing. They knew their sets, their actors, their props. They knew all of that. They didn't know what kind of movie they were making. So I also want to point out another attention to detail. That was like the first time in a movie I'd ever seen this. With World War II movies, especially Holocaust movies, especially by, like, Americans, we focus so hard on the Jewish aspect, but those were not the only people who were violently murdered. During the scene uh, with Aiden Turner's character leaving the train, there are um, SS soldiers rounding up 
prisoners and they are identified by the uh, gold star but there's also the pink triangle which is what they identified gay men and gay women as and now you know the star of david was always a symbol for uh, Jewish people. Yeah, they didn't have to make one. They up. they didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, since then, the pink triangle has become associated as more of a positive thing for the gay community. But I had never seen that before in a film. I only knew about it because in like honestly, the Weezer song "Pink Triangle." I looked it up after that. So um, there you go. Yeah, it's a, it, pretty good attention to detail, costuming and things like that. It was on point, minus Bigfoot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I already said what my favorite part was. I liked Sam Elliott's monologue with talking to the military because, you know, war is not something we all know about or will ever experience. And he had a very unique perspective. And I like the idea that by that point, Hitler was more of a figurehead or a puppet than he was anything else. Sure, sure. Speaking of the military guys, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but they were following him around for like the first half of the movie. Yeah. And just didn't go talk to him for some reason. I don't know if you noticed that or not. So they burn like three days just following him around. Seems pointless. The dude just sits at home and eats really shitty food with his dog. Well, because like they they even confirm it by saying, yeah, we saw the fight. Yeah. That was that first night. Right. And they're rolling down the street a couple of other times. So it's just weird. So well, it makes sense that someone called the cops. Because he does pass a a cop car sirens on as he's leaving. I don't leaving. think it was Flagpin that did that, but no, I think it was the Canadian guy because <laughs> oh, they're okay. stereotypically much they're nicer. People. They're better people than we are. Usually, <laughs> free healthcare. As Greg Proop said, their whole country smells like pine, and ours smells like urine. So. Hey, they've got Tim Hortons, so that's good. We don't. We don't. We don't. Okay. All right, guys, so you want to give it a letter grade? Because that's what we do. Ryan, you always get to go first. I'm going to go with a C minus because I feel like oh, if you wow. went in and said, like, if you if you listen to our review and then you go in and watch it, um, you know, if you go in knowing that it's not a B movie about a guy killing Hitler and Bigfoot, then I think you would probably enjoy it more. Yes. Um, you know, if I was just going off of my experience with the movie, it would be lower. But I think the movie itself had some problems, but, uh, you know, was still, there were positives to it. Tempered expectations. Yeah. It's like a blind date. Exactly. Derek? Um, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, it's still not the worst movie I've seen during our time doing this show. I will say mm-hmm. that. The Wrinkle in Time was worse. The tw- which one? Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in time. Dark Phoenix was worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather watch this again over Me either too. of those, yep. right? just as an example. So I don't want to like grade it lower than those, but I don't remember what letter grade I gave them. Um, I'm going to go with a C plus for similar reasons. So. I just I think I liked it a bit better. I like those artsy fartsy And also films. Sam Elliott. Like, yeah, it's hard for like... me to ignore Sam Elliott gets an A. He really does. I love Sam Elliott. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where I thought he wasn't just great in whatever it was. He, like, I want to see him more as the lead and not some wise old dude cowboy that appears out of nowhere. <laughs> Ghost Rider and Big Lebowski. Like, yeah. Parks and Rec. Weird stereotype. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Oh, he's love so good that. in Parks and Rec. Ron. Oh, I love it. Um, I'm a nut nut. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it a C minus. I 
it does have a few redeemable qualities. We've talked about those, but yeah. at the end of the day, it just wasn't remotely what I thought it was going to be. I and- don't think that it's a waste of your time to watch this, but I also think you should watch it on a platform you already pay for instead of going out and spending more money on it. Yeah, and it depends what you're into. If you just love Sam Elliott or you just, you know, love artsy fartsy sad films, niche movies, indie yeah. films. I mean, it is an indie film. If that's it your is. thing, yeah, and you don't have Hulu, it's, I think it's probably 3.99, 2.99 or whatever to rent on Amazon. So, yeah. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. So, I am going to spatter off all of the closing. You got this. Here we go. All right. So you can follow Heroes Podcast at heroespodcast.com on our website or at Heroes Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a Patreon if you would if you love our content and you want to keep us going. Every dollar helps. Every dollar helps. You can follow Screen Heroes individually at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can follow the three of us individually on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Buster Props Yes, for if you need Ryan. a Bigfoot costume and you're doing a indie film, please contact us. I have ideas. At the Star Trek Dude for Derek, and at Siren Ray for me. I'm Siren with a Y. That's, that's going to wrap us up tonight. Good we talk, had guys. a lot of fun talking about this movie that we didn't have a lot of fun watching, so that's great. That's right, but yeah, follow us on Twitter, please. Please. At Screen we Heroes love Pod. interacting on Twitter. Yeah, uh, right. Next week, join us for our San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up. It's Woo. always one of our favorite. We're going to be tweeting all weekends, sharing stuff all weekend. That's what I usually do, okay. so I'll do it if you guys don't I mean, mind. I already started talk- I was talking about Swamp Thing and, you and did. The Flash and Arrow, and I got zero <laughs> likes not even for my friends thanks guys sorry buddy golly i'll turn my notifications on. yeah oh yeah if you want to follow me personally it's at ra24 and uh i've started tweeting again so enjoy that it is pretty good he has not ryan's an interesting person i don't know why he downplays figuring out twitter (laughs) so it's fine okay guys we'll catch you next time have a good night